0: Marvin Peake is the best-selling author of Out of the Tunnel, a raw, gripping, true-life saga of one man's quest to overcome homelessness, abuse, and extreme poverty to rise to the heights of success.
1: It was all I knew, that you push, you strive, you never let nothing defeat you, you keep going, you fight against the resistance.
0: Marvin is also an international speaker transformational strategist, serial entrepreneur, humanitarian, and officially recognized as an ambassador for peace with the Universal Peace Federation.
1: I wanted to end world poverty. I wanted to bring people together in harmony.
0: After serving in the US military and a six year tenure with the FBI, Marvin built multi-million dollar contracting firms.
1: That attitude and that way of life I I learned things about business,
0: created nationwide community development and economic programs and expanded his philanthropic work throughout the U.S. and the world. Marvin studied with some of the world's most prominent public figures in history, including Tony Robbins, Joe Dispenza, Deepak Chopra, and Wayne Dwyer. Marvin Peak, my man, absolute honor to have you here on the Modern Warrior podcast. And this podcast is coming at a at a good time because you've just launched your new book out of the tunnel. And I want to speak to you about that today on today's podcast and explore this tunnel with you, explore this story with you. And uh, yeah, like the first question to you is, what is the tunnel? What did that tunnel entail? Tell us about it.
1: I really appreciate it. Thank you, dear brother, for having me on. I get that question quite a bit, and I'm glad we're able to introduce the concept of the tunnel, particularly for men who are going through the kind of challenge that they may not be familiar with. Uh, The tunnel is a concept that I picked up from Tony Robbins. Um, I was going through some serious challenges, and we were at a relationships conference in Hawaii. And my big brother, he said to me, he said, "Um, you know, when I first met you, I knew you would be king. The problem was you thought you were already king. But actually, you were a late prince at best with a king's lifestyle. You had no effing idea what was waiting on you. I know the turmoil you're in. It's the closest thing to death. But most men won't get to where you are, and those that do, they'll die before they bear the crown. You're not alone, and I will not let you die before you bear your crown. And when he said that, it freaked me out because I'm like, okay, where am I? Who's going to die, and how do I get out of it? (laughs) So... Someone came over to me later and said, well, he's talking about the tunnel. I said, well, what the heck is the tunnel? He's, she said, you're in the tunnel. She said, go and study the work of Alison Armstrong. And she gives this concept when she talks about the stages of development of, a man, of manhood, the different stages that all men go through doesn't mean that you are in a particular stage or you've gone through one particular stage, but somewhere in there, we've all fit into these stages. And very quickly, one is the page stage, where you have these grown men, they're like whiny little babies. They were probably spoiled by their good mothers and they go looking for a woman to treat them as though their mother did. Whenever I cry and whine and you don't give me my way, I'll quit, I'll get upset. I'll get frustrated. I'll fight. <laughs> or, you know, the term that is popularly used now, gaslighting. I'll gaslight the heck out of you and make it seem like you're doing something. When all the time, all the while, it's me that has the issues. So we have these, some men, and we all know them, <laughs> and, and, and they whine and they cry and they can't get their way. And then the next stage is, is, is a night, and there are three levels of a night where it's playtime, where I just want to go and I just want to sling and have fun. I have no concept of what real life is about. I really don't want to do anything that's going to hold me accountable and be responsible. I just want to play. So you'll find, you know, you come out of your teenage years and a young adult and sometimes even older, You know, you have men that are just playing around with nothing serious, nothing really serious on their minds. And then this next level is the the prince. And there are three levels of a prince. And a prince could be someone who has a job. uh, He has uh, maybe a business and he has his mind on his responsibilities. Um, He he wants to um, um, take care of himself and those that are around him. Um, he, he's really a charming kind of individual. He's done with playing around and slinging. He's now serious about life to some degree. And there are three levels. And that, that third level, the late prince that Tony said that I was at, is a person who has his eye on the kingdom. He has his eyes on the, king, on the, on the crown. And so, but he doesn't realize that before he can get the crown, before he can reach that kingdom, and build his empire, there's this experience that's waiting on him. Now, some people call this experience a midlife crisis, but that's not necessarily true <laughs> because I hit the tunnel before I knew anything about a midlife crisis. And there are some men out there who go through these experiences where you have loss of income, you have loss of relationships, sometimes you, you have struggles with your health, And sometimes even death. So I think about people like Michael Jackson and Prince and uh, Robin Williams and Anthony Bourdain. These men, these these giants, they were on their way, if not already being a king, they go through this experience where they look around and everything that I've done and uh, all the accomplishments that I've made, the influence that I have, I didn't realize that so much can come on me all at once. Those who are, are religious people, biblical people, they talk about the prophet Job. His experience was the tunnel. And so when you're able to make it through this experience and get to the other side or out of the tunnel, as my book talks about, that's when you truly become a king. So just being born male doesn't make a man a king. And I know we like to tell it, hey king, how are you? This is fun and this nice. But you're not really a king until you've gone through something, until you suffered something, until you've overcome some kind of challenge, and you can stand up strong and proud and say, "There's nothing that can stop me." Bring it on! I'm ready. That's the tunnel, my dear brother. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> what was your struggle? What was what was the crisis point for you? What did that look like,
1: brother? I I, I grew up. Um, Homeless. I had family, but no one took care of me. So I was raised by the streets. I was influenced by what I'd like to call community organizations, otherwise known as gangs, (laughs) pimps, and hustlers. And so um, I got my PhD in in the streets, resilience, toughness, um, creativity. Uh, Before I even knew, there was a book called uh, What is the Art of? of uh, winning friends. And uh, I had to learn all of that in the street in order to get some place to sleep or to, to get a meal. And and so um, that kind of resilience, I you know I think about athletes, I think about Michael Jordan, and I think about um, when I was a little boy, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, I'd look at the, the old films of, of these guys and I would look at um, Deion Sanders. And even though he was flamboyant, I saw the kind of um, um, magic and mastery over his craft, where no matter what is in front of you, I am going to dominate. And so I was inspired by these figures to dominate my circumstances. No matter what you throw at me, you can leave me out here by myself, I'm going to survive. And I used that experience not only to survive, uh, uh, but to actually become successful, it became my way of life. It was all I knew is that you push, you strive, you never let nothing defeat you. You keep going. You fight against the resistance. And so that attitude and that way of life, I I learned things about business. So I've never turned down a business opportunity. And I was on my way and I was building this empire and I amassed a, a great deal of, of wealth And I had uh, some elements that came after me. I don't want to share too much because I want you all to read it in the book. And these elements came after me. And usually people that come after you are the ones you help, are the ones you support, are the ones you've been there for, right? So a lot of times we look out, we start on the lookout for people that we don't know and elements outside of ourselves. But what's important is to see right up under your nose. Who's planning and plotting and looking for uh, areas and an opening to come and take you down? And so there were individuals inside of my fold who actually came after me, and they came after me to take everything. And gonna tell you something, they darn near did, because everything I had built collapsed. And all the people that I had helped and supported and was there for, they were not there for me. They did not call and help. Is there anything I can do? They wanted to know what more you can do for me. And when you are not able to give them what you used to give them, then you're no good to them. There are some people, even to this day, I have people that will call and, and, and nice up to me and be buddy, buddy to me and kind and say all these wonderful things. Oh, what a wonderful book. I love your book. And when you don't give them what they ask, you no longer hear from them. But I'm thankful for them, too, because they've given me more education, more strength, more power. And I see you when you come. I'll play the game with you and I'll smile and I'll compliment you back. But I'm only giving what I want to give because I know that there's a great chance that there won't be a return on my investment in you. So. I began losing everything. And the attacks were coming from everywhere. To the point where. I started questioning life. you lose confidence in yourself, your ability. you you easily forget all the things that you've done in the past. You're just looking for one reason to stay alive for the next day. And so you you get so acquainted with loneliness because it becomes the safest place for you. And in in that experience, dear brother, I realized that I had to focus on only the things that I could control. I could not control these people coming after me. I didn't have enough power. It's kind of like going up against um, <laughs> an army and, and you know you you have a knife. <laughs> they have machine guns and cannons and bombs and everything, and you have a knife. And so I'm going up against this and you know, this is the point where you have to release the resistance. With the things that you learned in the past about fighting against the resistance and pushing your way through, you that doesn't prevail. And if if it does, it's not sustainable. So I had to get to the point where what is it that I can control? I can control how I look at things. So when I when I first met uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, I was going through the tunnel, and and Dr. Wayne Dyer said to me, and he said, "Is he made this so popular?" change the way you look at things and things you look at change. Tony Robbins was coaching me along the way. I remember hearing encouraging words from Deepak Chopra. And I started studying um, the Bishop T.D. Jakes about a man (laughs) in his cave. And I said, wow, that's that tunnel thing. You know, why am I just now finding out about this? So I said, what I can do is, start making my bed every day and celebrate myself for it. Whenever I get a compliment, transmute that consciously as some kind of reward. See it as compensation, as divine compensation. Keep things neat around me and orderly because I understand that the universe itself, the first law being motion, the second law being order. So if motion and energy is happening at all times, then I need to come to order in alignment with that motion. And then the things that I desire could possibly align itself with my intentions. And so when I started seeing everything that I could transmute as a plus, as a reward, my feelings started to change. So what I was seeing and what I wanted to see started to match what was in my heart. I I gave myself any excuse to laugh, to smile, to find something good, because that was the only thing I could control. I would look at the sun and just say thank you. I wouldn't get out of the bed until I was able to put myself in a position to feel good about myself and life, regardless of what that was. I used to walk around with just loads of cash because it made me feel strong and powerful and wealthy and rich and i was i was doing pretty good and then i said i'm not gonna walk around with any money i'm gonna see money in everything around me that i don't have to physically have it in my pocket i can see it before me around me behind me and it keeps coming to me because i understood that that which i'm looking for is either already here or it's vastly coming my way and that change and that shift in my consciousness, and in my feeling began to expand my field, my electromagnetic field that I talk about in the book, and how it connects with the universe. And I began to see myself and my mission again. Before, I thought I had a great mission. I wanted to end world poverty. I wanted to bring people together in harmony. And it got a little deeper for me in the tunnel. So instead of the tunnel hurting me and destroying me and getting me to kill myself, I use it as an incubator. I use it as a school, a place where I can go and train and get stronger in every aspect of my life. And so I began to see myself as the universe's microcosmic co creator of its intent, its purpose, and its impulse. So everything that I think, say, and do is in accord with what the universe desires. And very slowly, brother, things started to shift for me. Stuff started to come back. And now I'm even stronger. I could see more of the light. I wasn't completely out of the tunnel, but I now know what I need to do. And the next person that comes in my life that I want to have a relationship with, I want to make sure she's on point. You're not just going to come here and just take from me and use me And if I allow you to have something, it's because I'm giving it to you because there's a karmic law that has everyone's address and it will come knocking on your door. So if you think you're taking taking advantage of me, just keep living. Just keep living and see what happens. I don't have to get revenge. I don't have to come after you anymore. I don't have to use that street hood part of me to get back at you. It's coming. Just hold on.
0: (laughs) Hold on, baby. (laughs) what was the what what was the most difficult thing for you to leave behind in the tunnel
1: um my solitude gosh you know anything in excess is is not good but I I was so alone I grew up alone so I was so alone and so lonely to the point where I I had to go into acceptance and non-resistance and then I started loving that Like, man, because the only person I could trust was me. I really stopped trusting all humans. (laughs) Like, no, I every human that came to me, what do you want? What are you getting ready to do to me? Because everybody in my life, and when I tell you this, brother, I'm telling you, everybody that I had a personal relationship with betrayed me on some level or another. And I just did not trust humans at all. They lie on you. They make up stuff. They try to take from you. And I just didn't trust. And I began to forget, what is your mission here, man? Do you now, can you go back to seeing every individual, not just as a reflection of you, But as an extension of you, you share the same life force. And whatever is happening with these people, they are the physical manifestation of what's inside of you that's been lying dormant, that you've hidden, that you don't want to see, that needs to come to the surface. So Marvin, you can fix you. right? So that's what I realized. It ain't even about them, it's about me. So when I'm in this tunnel and I'm having this solitude and I'm falling in love so much with being alone, Having to leave that was like, wow, <laughs> because now I have this book. I have to go out, I have to speak to people, I have to engage with folks again, you know. And, 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 and so the thought still comes there, but I understand that every individual is my teacher. Before I judge and condemn them, I'm here to serve and to love up on you, but I'm much more wiser, much stronger. You're not going to take advantage of me anymore. That ain't happening. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah yes and sir you you talk about loneliness quite a bit and i do believe that there is an epidemic of loneliness in the world today especially for men so for any man who is in the pit of loneliness what are the steps they need to take in order to connect again connect to themselves connect to other people to dissipate that yeah. loneliness
1: Yeah. You know, the first thing is connection to self, is learning to appreciate, honor and love self, because if you can't get along with you in your alone time, nobody else will either. Who wants to be around a person that don't want to be around themselves? So I have a key in my book. uh, I have a key, a life force takeaway at the end of each chapter. So it's not just my story. Um, I'm actually giving the readers something to engage with, to see themselves. So one of the keys is called sacred solitude and the importance of having that alone time. We all need that. Uh, The thing is, is that you have to recognize and understand that we're never truly alone. We're never truly alone. See, we have billions of alive cells that's listening to us. And if we can just communicate with the body if we can communicate with our outside of our physical body and true our uh, auric body and our astral body; those are fields of communicative uh, beings. That's right there with us. That responds to our thoughts and our words and our actions and deeds. And so, when we, if we can even understand, even on a, a spiritual uh, level, that they are ancestors and perhaps even angels who are constantly watching us and guiding us, there's communication there. If we can communicate with nature and recognize that everything in nature is alive, every tree, every flower, when we see birds and insects, when we see life all around us, it is speaking to us. Let's keep in mind that the universe and the earth does not speak English or Spanish or Russian, you know, or Italian. It speaks vibration. We communicate with everything in existence through light and vibration. So when we can lift up our vibration, raise our frequency to the desire of the thing that we want to manifest in our thoughts, we're in communication. What is the difference between a bum on the street who's homeless and talking to himself and a person who's out thinking, constantly being bombarded with their thoughts. That's communication going on. See, what we'll call the bum crazy because he or she is out talking out loud. I dare say it's better to get the words out so you can hear and see what you're thinking and feeling and get more acquainted with that subconscious, that underconscious that's constantly communicating with us that we can put ourselves better in the driver's seat and dictate where we want to go in our lives. Because we create our own reality, not your past, not your suffering, not your parents, not your ex, not your circumstances that you're in now that you think someone put you there. We have the power and the ability to shift our reality just by our thoughts, our feelings, our words, and our deeds. But it takes a discipline and a practice those that like go to the gym or eat healthy or whatever we do habitually, those habits become our reality. It becomes our way of life. We strengthen ourselves with what we desire and we stick to it no matter what. I don't even know if I answered your question.
0: <laughs> you you did. You answered it with uh, icing on top, man. So you did, yeah. <laughs> Is the uh, What's the practice look like? Is it a matter of reframing your thoughts whenever a negative thought comes in that you can flip it to a positive? Is there something more than that? I'm a big believer in journaling. What's it, what's yeah. it look like?
1: No, it's beautiful to journal. One of the things that, that I learned is that thoughts actually does not originate with us. <laughs> thoughts come from a multitude that uh, our, our, our friend uh, uh, Bob Proctor called the paradigm. A multitude of thoughts Um Uh, It's usually based in fear and trauma and and the anticipation of something bad about to take place. So if if we have, if we grew up uh, with parents or in in neighborhoods or family members and our associates that's full of fear, uh, full of trauma and pain. Those are the kinds of things that us developed in a paradigm that we download and we call them our thoughts. Our thoughts are not our thoughts. And just because you have a thought, it doesn't mean you have to think it. <laughs> See, when we're conscious, we're more creative. We, we, that's when the, the art side of us comes out. That's when we we go. If you've ever been in love, you know, when you're in love, you're just you're so creative. You, you're not so lost into thought, like in a fantasy, you're looking for ways of how can I show up for this person? Or how can I show up for this painting? Or whatever the the talent that we have, or whatever desire that we have, whatever gift we have, we fall in love with that, that's when we're conscious. When we're thinking, that's when the subconscious is kicking in. In most cases, it's about the pains of the past or the worries of the future. So the the first thing is that being as present as possible, whatever your gift or your skill is. And if you don't have one, go and serve someone until you find out what that purpose is. So if you're reading or journaling or painting or working out, preparing a meal, some people are very good at just preparing meal, but you can cook and it, it turns into like a wonderful masterpiece. It's beautiful, right? <laughs> so whatever it is, just being present, paying attention to your breathing, right? When, when, you're, when you're looking at something, really look at it. Look at the shapes and, and, the, and the size, the colors of it, the dimensions of it. When you're hearing, really hear. I heard someone say that we we, we instead of hearing to listen, we're hearing preparing to respond. If that's what we're doing, we're not really listening. So if we can take our presence to just hear, to see, to feel, not just walk, but feel the texture of the earth, feel the magnetism of the earth, you know, when you smell smell the fragrances that are around you, life is going on all the time. And this is the reason I said we're never alone. As everything is communicating with us. If we're just present with it, when we become present with it, we become conscious, in that moment when we're ready to manifest something, when we're ready to create something and bring something into fruition, you can only do it from presence. It's not going to happen from subconscious because the subconscious is going to produce a reality that's based in fear and worry.
0: Boom. <laughs> Marvin, my man, I am fired up and you have just projected a ton of positive energy through the, through the speakers of everyone listening to this today. And I would love to continue the conversation with you, but I know you got a conference to go to. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely,
1: brother, we got to finish out the whole hour. I want to come back and do the whole hour.
0: Yes, we will be back for sure, man. Once you finish yes. this book tour and you've got a bit more time in your hands, um, yes. because I know there's a lot more we can unpack here. And I'm going to grab this book in the meantime, I'm going to read it. And uh, on the second podcast that we have, the next podcast we have, there'll be more deep diving questions to, to ask you and to explore with you. So, I'm fired up, man. Uh, but for the time being, please let us all know where we can find you, where all the listeners can grab your book, and any other links you may have that would, uh, yeah, would help the people out of this podcast.
1: Thank you so much, brother, for having me. I'm truly, truly grateful. But marvinpeak.com, M A R V I N P E A K E.com is where you can find me the book can be found wherever books are sold and I know this is an international a global podcast so I don't know if you can you you can go through Amazon we've already hit Amazon number one in multiple categories right so so thank you all for that everyone thank you for that so we're going after some of these other lists so you know Barnes and Noble they may not have that (laughs) over in Ireland But but wherever books are sold, just order the book, get the book. And I mean the reviews that we're getting from people who read they're talking about they cried and they laughed and they're so inspired, and so many questions are coming up. So I'm I'm actually on tour now, and we're gonna come, we're gonna go everywhere we're invited, and we're gonna set up these key clubs, these life force takeaways, kind of like a book club, so we can delve a little deeper into these keys. We wanna talk about transformation and transitioning we want to talk about fulfillment we want to talk about time what is time we want to talk about integrity coherence and anxiety and then i have a very beautiful key that's dedicated to women it's called divine essence and it's sort of a a, a forgiveness to every woman that have ever hurt me including my mother who recently passed um but uh to every woman on the planet that I do understand. And men, it's really a call out to us for us to take accountability for how we have shaped civilization and what we've done to uh, some of our women. So (laughs) please go out and get a copy. I wanna hear back from you. Thank you everyone who has purchased. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for even your questions that come up. They're going to be a lot of questions. It's going to be very entertaining. I put everything I had into this book. And um, it, it, it's certainly a, a labor of love. Um, I won't be putting out anymore. So I put everything into this. And if you have any questions, give me a shoot me a, 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 an email, a DM or something. And then I'll reach back out to you. And I hope to see you all in person soon.
0: Yeah. Come to Ireland. Yeah. Get you set up.
1: Absolutely. I have friends in Ireland. Let's have go, very good That's Let's right. go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I more.
0: I will have more questions ready for you for the next podcast. So uh, be set for that too, man. So until next time, Marvin.